0: Dear friends. Thank you for tuning into this latest episode of Love, Service, Wisdom with myself, Radha. I am in conversation today with one of my oldest friends, Camille Holder Brown. She and I have known each other since our days at Campbell Middle School in Daytona Beach, Florida, where we also went to high school together, Mainland High School in Daytona, and we, you know there's few for me personally uh souls in my life that have stayed with me over the years and i'm deeply grateful for all of my old friendships because it's truly something that you can't create or recreate there are only those that have known you since you were very young or a teenager and Yeah, you can't find that as an adult in a new friendship. You can have wonderful new adult friendships, but there's a certain sweetness to those those friendships that have been around to witness you most of your life. And Camille is one of them. I've been witnessing her and she's been witnessing me. And I love uh, who she is always, who she has been her whole life. She's She's a black woman from Daytona who has the biggest, brightest smile, the most jovial laugh, the most giving heart. And now she is the mother of six children who she homeschools. And she's an entrepreneur. She with her husband, Omar, they run the Kale Cafe Juice Bar in Daytona Beach, which they've been doing, I want to say at least probably 10 years now, leaders in like the vegan, vegetarian Food movement there in Daytona, which is mostly like grouper sandwiches and French fries and, and beer and that kind of thing. So proud of her for being a visionary and a leader as she always, always has been. And it was just a delight to be in conversation with her. She shares how she balances it all and how she's newly committing to her own personal practice and self-care, how she blends her world of homeschooling and being Black African-American with white culture and friends and friendship. And and, uh, yeah, it's really fascinating and interesting. So I hope that you have an enjoyable experience listening to two old friends catch up. We hadn't spoken to each other in quite a while. So a lot of it's just filling each other in on our life and asking questions. And you know, I guess if I'm going to be fully transparent, which I always aim to be, I was curious to talk to Camille about some of the BIPOC issues and how they might be showing up in her life and her experiences. And we didn't really go there. And that actually felt good too, because I didn't want to put my agenda on a conversation, but I'd be curious for a follow-up conversation with Camille if she does want to go deeper into those topics. But for now, it felt really good to just be where we are, two humans who love and adore each other. And you'll hear in the the show how she had recently sent me a bottle of her dressing, her Kale Cafe dressing. And I had sent her my yoga book so she could help to help her with her, her home yoga practice and to get back into it. And when she sent me the salad dressing, she also sent me African waist beads. And I didn't know what they were. I thought it was a string of beads that were really beautiful. And she mentions it in the show that they're African waist beads and to be worn. And they can be worn for many reasons. And she was sending them as a symbol of sisterhood and support and connection. And then I had these beads and <laughs> I thought can I wear these? Is that okay? Is this cultural appropriation? I Googled it. You know, I wanted to know more about what are African waist beads? Why are they worn? And from what I could see, um, it's kind of multifaceted. It has, it says, according to the Google, it's roots in ancient Egypt where there's pictures of women and hieroglyphics that have the waist beads. And then of course that translated over time, all through different parts of Africa and that they were worn for, one, just kind of like practical purposes of like, how big is my waist getting? The beads go up and down. Or, of course, a just general adornment. Or as a way to, um, I think, like signs of fertility or to help attract mates and on and on. But essentially, it seemed right now that waist beads could be worn for many reasons. And according to Google, anybody could wear them. They didn't specify the color of your skin. They just said anybody could wear them for many, many reasons. And I have a, the sets from Camille. They're blue with some white and silver beads. And blue means loyalty and truth and purity. And so I've put them on. I put them on right after my birthday, which was on Saturday. I'm 42 now. And so we'll see how it feels to wear these through the year 42. You wear them Typically, until maybe they fall off or you outgrow them, reasons like that. So I'm gonna live into this experience, which kind of scares me because I'm afraid of being judged or misunderstood. But I also really love the sentiment from Camille that she's recognizing me and honoring me in our friendship in this way, and that's important to me, and that feels really good. And when I when I say that, it, I. I can feel my heart fill up. So thank you, Camille, for the way beads. And I've got them on right now. And it feels pretty good and scary at the same time. But I'm not me if I'm not doing things that also scare me and make me feel weird most of the time. You'll hear in this conversation, too, Camille and I, we catch up about some of our old friends. There was a pod, Camille, this, this cat, Biff, who is also Black, and our friend, Wes. Wes. So it was like Wes and I and Biff and Camille and the four of us spent a lot of time together our senior year as a little pod to use today's lingo, just hanging out. And uh, it's it was fun to hear what Biff is doing now. And our friend, our dear friend, Wes has become the DJ Diplo, which is a little strange that he is who he is, such a superstar in his own rights, in his own world. But uh, it's cool, too. Congrats to Wes for your music and who you are and all that you give and all that you contribute. It's awesome. Wes and I are reconnecting, too. I'm leading him in meditation classes, which is fun. So thanks, Wes, for asking me to lead you some meditation. I really appreciate it. Oh, and those of you that want to do meditation with me, too, you can find me on the Insight Timer app. I have Five meditations up there now, and I'll be putting more up. And I've been doing at least once a week uh, live meditation sessions, and they're at various times. So if you can, you can join me for a live session, which feels pretty good to be in a global community of meditators. People, when I meditated, when I had my live session on Monday, they're from Germany and India and Canada and all over the United States and South America. So Insight Timer is a really cool app for global connection to all different kinds of teachers and community. So check that out there. And it's getting to be spring. I'm hoping to teach classes in the park again, yoga classes in the park once it gets warm enough. But until then, I'm in like a little bit of a retreat phase where the month of March, I need to do less and I need to continue to recalibrate to slower and choosier and stay within my own like learning process in depth. I'm in a period of going deep instead of wide. So if there's less offerings from me, that's the reason why, though I'm going to keep up with this podcast because I love it. And I love these conversations and the variety of them. And I feel like just when I'm like, maybe the podcast, is it worth it? Do people care? Da, da da I don't know. Maybe it's one of the things I can let go. As soon as I have that thought, someone messages me. Jen, she messaged me just yesterday and said that your work has greatly influenced me and I want you to know your podcast is a gift. I love hearing your sweet voice. Keep it up, girlfriend. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Jen Bell for that sweet message. Here it is. Another podcast for you. This is with one of my oldest friends, Camille Holder-Brown. She's of the Kale Cafe. You can find more about the Kale Cafe at kalecafejuicebar.com or kalecafejuicebar on the Instagram. And if you're ever in Daytona, it's certainly a place that you want to stop by. And with that, please enjoy Camille. You look wonderful. It's so great to see you, Camille. It's so good to see you too, (laughs) Carissa. It's
1: been like what? How many years? Like 20 something, 22.
0: Well, we were in school together. Yeah, like 23 years ago. But I remember seeing you the last time I went to Daytona, which I think was like 2014.
1: Really? I just opened up my store like very recently to that.
0: Yeah, the Kale Cafe and Juice Bar, right? Yes. Yeah. I already hit record, just FYI. I figured okay. we could just jump into it and then I can edit as needed, but I don't think we'll need to edit.
1: But we're not going to show me just the voice, right? No,
0: no, nope. You're Perfect. free. Okay, good.
1: Because <laughs> I look crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because you've got a crazy life. I mean, right when we were getting on the call, there were the children in the background and I think your husband too, and another phone ringing and you're like, get away, go. No, not right now. That's right. Yeah. How easy is it for you to get time to yourself?
1: It's getting easier as they get older and as I demand it for myself. I think I've always thought that um, the kids come first and then my marriage and then me time at the bottom of the list. And then I started getting really burnt out because I have six kids and I've been homeschooling them. You know, my oldest will be 17 this year. And I'm like, oh, my God, I don't want to read stories at night. I am just miserable. And I'm like, this is not good. So I have to reprioritize everything. So um, I would say sometime last year, I had that shift in my brain. And so I got a gym membership. And and I just, even before I got the gym membership, I started running and going to yoga. And um, what else did I start doing? Just, you know, making time to be with some of my sister friends and just mm. making time for myself a little bit more, which prior- I have never done.
0: Prior to that, it was all six kids that you're homeschooling. Your oldest is 17. How old is your youngest? Three. Three. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And you're an entrepreneur and running your own business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A hands-on entrepreneur. You know, sometimes I,
1: I work in my business. Yes. And, Often I
0: work in my business and a homeschool mom and a vegan which makes things harder too. I mean, I think that, but maybe that's not true.
1: Um I think it's gotten so much easier. Like I think cuz you know I was a vegetarian in high school. Yeah. And I had I had this craving for potato skins for the Super Bowl party that we were kind of having yesterday. And my mom made them for me with VioLife uh, vegan cheese. And I was like, oh my God, this tastes good. Like, I hate vegan cheese. I hate vegan cheese. I like cashew cheeses, but I'm not a big vegan cheese fan. I don't like most of those brands. So at my restaurant, we make our own cheese for our macaroni and cheese for our lasagna. We like, we make cheese out of potatoes and coconut milk and nutritional yeast and stuff. And, but it was really good. So it's getting easier to be a vegan. And every time I go into the grocery stores, I see like, five more options that I could buy, but I'm also getting away from a lot of the processed vegan stuff. As there, as the market gets inundated with vegan meats and stuff, I'm happy because it's, you know, less strain on the environment. Um, but personally, I'm like... I love that there's all these options, but I also need to eat more asparagus and just vegetables and beans and rice because I don't want to. Number one, it's super expensive and it's processed. So, mm-hmm. um, I my restaurant makes everything from scratch except for like one garden chicken patty that we. Um, make a chicken sandwich with but everything else we make our burgers from scratch we make everything from scratch and I really pride myself in that so I'm happy that the vegan market's growing and I could get coconut yogurt and everything but I really wish I could make my own yogurt and I wish I had time (laughs) (laughs) because buying like eight yogurts is like twenty dollars or more
0: yeah it's so expensive especially the coconut yogurt which tastes so good so good are all your children vegan as well They're
1: vegetarian, but mostly vegan. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. They occasionally
1: eat pizza out with people. stuff, But Mm -hmm. at home, they eat just egg and they eat the vegan cheeses and stuff. And, you know, I don't stress them out because I feel like if I'm too far one way or the other that they may run away from me at some point. So I really try to make sure they love vegetables and they eat so many vegetables. I'm so happy for them. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like Bringing chips and like cereal, like box cereal and stuff, is sometimes where I go wrong because it's quick food for them as a snack. But for me, it's either it's just sugar or it makes them not want to eat real food. So my older kids are are better, but my younger kids, I've gotten a little lazy, so I'm just trying to get them back on track. But the good thing is they love kale salad, so they eat a ton of kale salad, which... (laughs) is, um, I named one of them? I named my salad dressing after one of the kids, but the, the good thing about them eating the greens is that there's iron and calcium in it, fiber and stuff. So they'll eat tofu and they love beans and rice and, you know, they eat really healthy. So they may eat pizza or cheese like once a week, but other than that, they're vegan.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the thing that I was thinking was hard for you being a vegan homeschool mom of six children is that the option for quick food, like many moms have, is more limited. Right.
1: And I love quick food just like everybody else. But again, big families, quick food. I I cannot tell you how expensive it is for me to buy quick food. It doesn't even make sense. It's true. You know, um, even if I get it, that's the only time I get it, is if it's like BOGO. <laughs> like mm-hmm. our grocery store here will have like a BOGO sale on Gardein. And so- two packs normally between two packs there's like eight pieces well now I have these teenage children and they don't want one sandwich <laughs> they want two and my husband wants two so really I need three sandwiches so I need to buy 15 packs of fake $15 worth of fake meat to like feed them one meal like yeah it doesn't make it's sense it's not affordable and so like regular meat I don't I don't even know cuz I've never had to cook it as an adult but um so the fake meats are expensive so I like tofurkey, and um, I can get tofurkey pretty affordable. Like you know, I think I can get it for like two sixty nine or two like under three bucks for a pack. And the serving says it's five slices per serving, but I give my kids like three pieces. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, why aren't they eating at the Kale Cafe all the time?
1: They totally eat at the Kale Cafe all the time and make a huge mess. They come in the store in between schoolwork and on their way to the activities or mm-hmm. after, and they eat all the garden, and they make a tornado mess in the store and they, they make toys out of everything in the store. They literally (laughs) like the U boats and all the delivery, like things that we put stuff in when we get a delivery, they push themselves around in it and they're screaming and they're just like, they don't have any idea if it's lunch rush or evening or they don't care what time of day it is. It's like a playground in the back of my store. Well, it's their place. It's, they only it. They walk in the kitchen. They, they, like, my eight-year-old was using a knife with a blade this wide. Like four inches. Yeah. And he was, like, cutting up potatoes. He's like, mom, I'm making french fries. I'm like, with that knife? Okay. Be careful. And, but my older kids... So my oldest daughter works in my restaurant a couple of days a week. And then my son will help when he can, but he's his soccer schedule is so rigorous. But like my 11-year-old daughter, she's one of my bakers.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. How and cool that's how my that. oldest started
1: off too. It's great. I mean, I pay him 10 bucks an hour.
0: Mm. Well, <laughs> I can just imagine. It's just such a beautiful, you're such a beautiful role model for them for a different way of living and being. And, and in some ways so. they don't recognize it because- it's what they've been, they've been immersed in their whole life.
1: So yeah. they perhaps
0: can't tell that there's many other ways that kids are living, especially in Daytona, right? Yeah.
1: And I think that it's beautiful that they get to see, because the older three, we call them the OGs, the ones that were born in New York, they call, they call themselves the OGs. <laughs> and then the younger kids are the Florida boys, because I had three boys in Florida, so the OGs, they got to see us at the farmer's market when we were just, like, setting up the tent every week and making smoothies with our blender. And, and then we raised the money on Kickstarter and started they, – they got to see each thing, like, happen. The younger ones, not so much, but we did um, – open and close some stores while the younger boys were around. So they they did get to see our heartbreak and us fail and Mm. us have to pick up the pieces and like, Oh my God. And crying. And, Mm. and why, what are we doing? Like, you know, Mm. you know,
0: Cause I know you opened a second store in Ormond's, right? Is that the one that didn't work?
1: I had this, I had two stores that I had to close. I had the one in Ormond for two years and it was great. And, um, it was a skateboard shop next door to it, so um, we took over the place of the skateboard shop. No, that's when we expanded. So we had the original store. One year after opening up the first store, we had the second store. A year later, we signed a lease. Someone came and said, hey, "You guys want to open up one of these? And Orman will do the build out. All you have to do is bring your equipment, and and open." So that was a great opportunity for us. So we did it, and then we were doing so well but our space was like a fraction of the space in Daytona and we outgrew it so quickly. So then the opportunity came for us to expand. So we took that opportunity to expand. And then we were still doing so well. And we were like, in our mind, we were like, okay, this is it. We're going to like grow really fast. And there was a couple problems with that. It was like, okay, We're trying to franchise our own store, but we're we're the ones running it, which, you know, (laughs) of course, I had a brand new baby when we opened up that store. And then my husband tore his bicep. So he has like this robo arm and I have a newborn baby. And, you know, we're we're like running back and forth between the stores. And then we used our income tax money and signed a lease on a third location in Port Orange.
0: Oh, crazy. So
1: it was really crazy. And then we had two back-to-back hurricanes. So then, we lock, then our sales dropped and we're like in the middle of this build out with one store and trying to get ready for the build out for the next store and then cubs crashing down. So we tried to like keep them going and leak for a while, but it was just sucking us dry and we were about to lose everything. We did end up closing the Warman store, opening up the Port Orange store, but the Port Orange Store only lasted unfortunately for eight months. It was beautiful, but our rent was five thousand a month. And you know, although the sales were good, because we had all those setbacks, we took an extra like eight months to open that store. And our mm-hmm. landlord landlord wanted all of our oh. back rent, oh. which was like sixty grand. And they didn't understand about the hurricane. They could care less. And so that's what happened. And we had to close it. And our, we, our customers from Port Orange are devastated and they're still complaining and asking us to open up another Port Orange location. But we've learned like right now, we're not going to like try to franchise our own store ourselves. We're like, let's get the systems down because that was the other part. We didn't have systems really. Right. We were cooking everything by eye. And although we taught people how to do it for the most part, you know, there would be a lot of waste and, um, Sometimes they weren't as friendly as us. And, you know, you know, people can't be you. And you gotta train people to you gotta like attract people. I can't even say train. You gotta like really be in a mental and spiritual place to attract the right energy that can represent you when you're not there. And that is like the biggest and hardest thing is in order to grow, you've gotta be able to work on your business. And if you're constantly working in it, you can't work on it. So I feel like a combination of of things to get that right balance, and you know we'll we'll go, we'll move forward, and it's chugging along, and then something will happen, and then we take a couple steps back, and then we make one more step forward, and then we, you know, it's just like a the rhythm.
0: Well, I know. Wow, gosh, so much. The store in Daytona is really successful and does so well. I can understand the desire to share more, and there probably are very few vegan restaurants in the area, right, in Volusia County. Correct. Are there others?
1: There's one more that opened about a year or so ago. And it's, it's great that there's an option. I'm happy. Um, Mm -hmm. they do more fast food and, um, and so, you know, when you start, sometimes when you start eating, you want comfort food because you're just like, oh, my God, what have I done? I just want chicken wings. <laughs> so, you know, um, it's good that you could go get some vegan hot dogs and chicken wings at yeah. the other place. And so I know him. He comes to my store, too, the owner of that, uh, you know. Um, so I'm supportive of his business. I've been there, too. But my stomach can't really deal with certain things as I get older, processed mm. foods and bread and just, you know, it's just like, why? Why is to tummy body changing? But yeah, so but more restaurants. I mean, you can always get tofu and you can always go to like Asian places. You just gotta tell them no eggs, no fish sauce, you know. And um I like there's these box stores that and even the regular grocery stores and even Walmart, they all have nutritional yeast. You can yes. get Bragg's liquid aminos, you can get vegetables. I mean you, it's easy to be a vegan now. There's so many options. You can choose from 20 different vegan yogurts,
0: 20 different vegan cheeses, 20 different vegan meats. I mean, like it's, it's easy. (laughs) That's so great. It's so good. When you were talking about expanding too, you know, I had my own yoga studio for 10 years here in Boise and it was also really successful. right in the heart of downtown, kind of like you guys on beach street, you know, Uh And people would ask me to expand all the time also because we've got neighboring cities, of course. And it was like, couldn't you do a Sage Yoga and Wellness in Eagle or somewhere in Southeast Boise? And I would think about it. I'm like, yeah, I could do it. And I bet it would be successful bringing what I have created there. But then I'd reflect a little deeper and think, but I love my quality of life right now. I was just thinking that, your quality of life of commuting. Yep. And I said, I don't want to do it. And I never did it because I would just think about taking on the extra franchise by myself and know that that would just be the end of me and the end of the time and space that I enjoy. So I never did it. I never did it. And then when the pandemic hit, similar to you, you know, with back rent, having things that when you weren't open, but you're still raking up five thousand plus dollars a month in just rents that's where i decided to close the studio really Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you just closed it recently i closed it uh the end of july i announced it the beginning of july and we finished out one more month through the month of july and then closed so basically august 1st closed the studio because your customers were devastated. They were.
1: I know. I went to yoga post-COVID or pandemic or whatever, and they had to cut the amount of people in the studio, the class. Now, I mean, that affects your bottom line. Like If you're having a class with half the people because you have to socially distance, I'm like, you'd have to like, do double the work to make the same money.
0: Exactly. And people didn't feel comfortable coming anyways. So even though there might be 10 spots in the room now versus 25 or 30, only five or six would come because they still didn't know about coming back or if they could. And then the environment for me as a teacher that it created wasn't how I like to teach. Right. So that didn't feel good also. It felt like it took away all of the intimacy and the sweetness and the connection and became this sterile, like, you're over there and I'm over here. I'm not going to touch you. I'm not going to come near you. I won't give you any essential oil. I won't give you a hug. Uh,
1: (laughs) I'm not going to help tweak your position so you can get deeper. Yeah, nothing,
0: nothing. So that was really heartbreaking. But it's also opened up a lot more energy for different things and a new pathway which I feel good about without the brick and mortar and in some ways because I don't have the overhead of running a studio I'm doing fine good cuz I don't have so many expenses what about your kids oh they're great benji's 9 and maya's 17 and oh
1: my god <laughs> you, are you are you okay so molly's going to be 17 in october you have a 17 year old Marissa. oh yeah Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. Her name's Maya.
0: Yes, yeah. Oh, I want to she- see her. What does <laughs> she like to do? She's awesome. She's very outdoorsy. She's on the mountain bike team, and she does. She's a lifeguard at the YMCA. She's a ski patroller at the ski oh, hill a ski? nearby. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's she's cool. She shops at thrift stores like we always did and dresses like yeah, a boy. Yeah, my daughter
1: too. Dresses Same. like a boy Same. like I always
0: did. And she's just learned to drive. She's driving a stick shift. She got her driver's license like two weeks ago. She's Oh awesome. my goodness, that's amazing. Yeah, it's fun. I just, last week, I don't know if you remember my, remember my friend Julie Ball, Julie Turcott from high school. She was a couple of years older than us. But she and I have stayed in close contact over the years. And we decided to put together a reunion for Java Lava. Remember the coffee shop? Yes, that's where Wes got his start. (laughs) Exactly. So we put together a 25 year Java Lava reunion. And so it was a bunch of our friends from all the different high schools that would hang out at Java Lava. We reconnected a bunch of people and said, let's get on a Zoom call together. So we just did that last Thursday. It was maybe like oh ten or fifteen of us on the Zoom, and it was. Did you sweet. invite Wes? I invited Wes. Of course, he didn't show up. But we invited lots of people that didn't quite make it. It was actually surprisingly an awkward experience, like we were suddenly teenagers again and oh. hanging out in this place. And you know people, but you're you're not going to just be like totally let all your guard down because we haven't seen each other in twenty five years. Right. We're all older now, and so it took a moment to like reintegrate, but also just super sweet and beautiful and wonderful. But there was a moment where Maya came in and I'm like, Maya, say hi to all my teenage friends. This is the point at her. I'm like, this is what we used to look like. This is us right here. No longer. But it was kind of funny. But it was great to see so many people again. There's just a sweetness to your old friends that that nothing can replace that. You can't create a friendship now that has known you for 20 or 30 years. It'll never be that, you know, the people that we grow up with. Similar to us, you know, we've known each other since high school. I probably, or sorry, middle school. You know, I probably know you longer than almost anybody that I'm still in touch with. I remember you from sixth grade at Campbell right. Middle School. you were
1: gifted. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I just pray that my children have like, you know, there's like one family. There's two families actually that I've homeschooled with for about six or six or seven years. And there's not a lot of Black homeschoolers here in Daytona Beach. There's a lot of um, super Christian homeschoolers, and they don't look like my family. But I had to decide when I left Brooklyn and I came from like a Black homeschooling group. You know, this was like ten or something years ago. I had to decide, do I want my children to just kind of be with me all day or do I want them to make friends and be with other homeschoolers and go on field trips and stuff? And and I just did that. And my other friend is struggling with she doesn't want to take a background check. But I'm like, listen, you're going to have to do a background check if you want to be in a part of a homeschool group. It's part of the protocol. And, you know, we do gardening together. We do field trips together. And it's the sweetest thing having these families that you can count on and that you you bond with over the years and um, so one of the girls um, that my daughter grew up with that she's best friends with works at my store now and then the two of them like will run the front of the store like during lunch and it's are so they cute.
0: are they white or black? The family, they're white. Oh, like yeah. saying, we,
1: my family is the black family. You're the black We're all, family, we are always the black family in the homeschool group, and my kids don't have like a problem with it and everything. And and like you're talking to like a family who has like gym bays and African art everywhere, and so, so I make sure that they like know and appreciate our culture. But they are definitely their best friends are all white, and you know, um. I think about it and, and, you know, growing up, I'm like, I kind of was the same way. It's not something I tried to do on, you don't know, try to have specific race friends. You bond with who you're in, who you have things in common with. And the reason that I like ended up bonding with this one family is they have eight kids now. But like when people would like come around and I, before I even met them, they'd be like, we know you're doppelgangers and it's like a white Rasta family <laughs> and that we like met them and And my husband and him were vibing, me and Michelle was vibing, and my son, we all had kids like the same age. Mm. And it was amazing. And so like, we're still in co-ops and homeschooling together. And it's beautiful. beautiful.
0: It is. Given all of the racial issues that started this past spring, did that come up in your homeschool groups? Did you talk about it with the kids, especially being, you know, mixed races together that are so close?
1: Yeah, I mean, even at another co-op that I was teaching at, I personally experienced it as a teacher, um, and it was heartbreaking. I love teaching, and I was a physical science teacher in one of my co-ops, and um, the kids in the class, I was teaching, like, high school, like, like, eighth and ninth grade science, and my son was in that class, and of course, I'm, like, the hardest on him, and then uh, So they had to do presentations and different things and they a lot of them were accustomed to being spoon fed. And I don't spoon fed my kids. The purpose of homeschooling is to make your kids think and and make them kind of for me be entrepreneurs. Like that's at the end that's the end game. It's like have your own business. You don't want to go work for anybody else, you know? And so but by me pushing them and keeping them on their toes, like you know, someone was like, um, I don't think I can give my presentation today, my throat's hurting. I'm like, You were talking over there, we'll just be quiet, just, just do your best voice, and we'll just be quiet, just go ahead and give it a shot. I'm like, No, no, I don't think I can do it. And went home and told their mom that I made them do it, and they had a sore throat. And, and then the next thing I know, I wasn't teaching the class anymore, and they were like, So I taught that at art. And they were like, you can go teach um, a different class. And uh, I was like, no, it's going to be the same thing. Because when I try to push the kids and they're going to, the parents are going to complain. So I'll just stick with happy art and, you know, no expectations of art, you know. But as a teacher, you know, I have a really high standards and really high bars. I'm an overachiever. Like, I'm going to push you for greatness. And so that was hard. And I'm not part of that co-op anymore. I'm part of a a new co-op, but I've been, I've been parts of four co-ops in the last like 16 years. So, Mm. Um, and the one I'm at now is like very laid back and it's actually, I've actually been uh, going to church recently, not at the co-op where I go to that church, but like a lot of my friends go to the church I started going to. And uh, I don't know what I'm describing. I go to Salty. Do you know that one in Ormond? Salty Church,
0: is it called Salty? Yeah, is that an acronym or it's Salty's Church? It's just called Salty. What it's no. on Granada? It's over the bridge. Okay, okay. No, and I I'd...
1: feel like it's so great. You would probably love it. It's it's like TED Talks. It's like a TED oh, wow. Talks.
0: It's yeah. Just, yeah. When I was there in Ormond, it was like St Brendan's. I mean, I went to St Paul's, the Catholic churches. That's where I grew up. Was in the Catholic churches there. Oh,
1: very formal. Yeah, yes. I, I didn't grow. I grew up going to Unity Church. Oh, okay. Hippie, non-denominational
0: church well that's yeah. that was ahead of its game but you you know Camille even as we was, when we were children you always had the energy of somebody that was ahead of us and ahead of their game it's hard
1: as you know like it's sometimes you doubt yourself you know you doubt yourself when everyone's like you're doing things backwards it seems sometimes but then I felt like when the pandemic hit and everybody was like, Camille, I'm homeschooling. I don't know what to do. Help me. <laughs> you know, I don't know. How do you do this? You know, this was like in the interim where people thought things were going to get back to normal and they, they thought it was just going to be for a limited time. And it turned out to be like the new wave, but um, they were real. I was like on the radio giving homeschooling tips with oh, nice. of my friends. I mean, people really did not know what to do. And um It was, it's definitely kind of like, even in Daytona, I feel like now people are starting to become more health aware and um, our business is growing. But I feel like in the beginning, when I moved here, people didn't know what tofu was. No, you were at Daytona
0: spear tip, way ahead of the current, way, way, way ahead of the current. And again, you always have been, you've always been that way. What do you think about you lends you to be so courageous like courageously you again you've you were always that way myself you were somebody up here that i looked up to like camille is just so bright and beautiful and herself so authentic all of the time
1: oh marissa that's really sweet i just i i just i i don't know i just do what i i don't know i don't know i just
0: um go for it when i don't want to be like that did your parents encourage you in a particular way, or you just came out of the womb and like started doing a tap dance?
1: <laughs> Maybe that's why I like this movie, Kirikou. Have you ever heard of it? No. He's so cute, this little guy. He comes out of his mother's womb, and he's like, hi, I am Kirikou, and I know what I want. That's and he you. Just like, and i like, <laughs> i <laughs> and I kind of feel like maybe that's maybe the movie resonates with me. Um, I just know what I want to do and what I have to do while I'm here. And um, it's not, It's just, I have a lot. I just feel like I always have a lot of work to do. And I'm like, I'm glad my kids chose me to be their mom because they're very patient with me because I have really lofty goals but my family has grounded me and I knew that at 25 I wanted to be a mother I was very set on starting a family at 25
0: I knew the same thing that's why we both have 17 year olds that's like I I was like
1: I don't know how or why and I wanted five kids and I felt like if I went to I went to school for film and I have a master's in film but um I'm like, okay, well, I don't have this. I'm not in, you know, in this relationship that's going to make this kid. And I guess I, maybe I'm going to go to a doctorate for film, I'm just going to keep staying in film school. I have no idea. And then, at like, I was in, finishing up my master's thesis, and then Omar what was your thesis I, on? I did a short film about a girl afraid of getting her period. Beautiful a comedy.
0: Yeah, I, of course, the comedy. You always yeah, had the comedic the spin.
1: and it was called. It's called a period piece, and <laughs> I showed it in lots of film festivals, and it showed on BET, and it was it got awards, and I like traveled with it, and I um, did like a lot of talking to groups of like girls about their periods and puberty and everything, and it was fun, but like that was like the craziest thing for me. Like I did not want to get my cycle. I was like, oh, this. You know, I could get to a whole other thing about our society, but I just, I have to, like, send you the film. Like to I'd see love it. to
0: see it. But
1: um, I, again, I just... I got back with my husband, like Omar, who I dated mm-hmm. when I was in high school. I, I remember, remember Omar.
0: I remember when you went to Jamaica and you met Omar and there were pictures of you Mar- you and Omar on the beach. And you, you know, again, were like 17 and he was maybe like 25. Yeah, he's slightly, like 20- He was 23. slightly scandalous because he was a little older, but you guys were really in love. And you brought me back as well, a gift that I still have. It's like a cloth, it's black with these red hearts. It's this, um, I don't know the proper word for it, but you know, like African style image on the cloth. I think a lot of women would probably It was Yeah. Oh wow, cool. And, and I still have it and I take it when I, I DJ and I put it out on my DJ table. So it's like the cloth that's always there like under my equipment. Oh
1: my God, you gotta tell me about you DJ. <laughs> Cool. So anyways, I
0: remember you and Omar Omar getting together and then a little back and forth in between the relationship and then you guys finally got back together for real.
1: Yeah. So, well, it there wasn't it wasn't a ton of back and forth, honestly. We were together for like 2 years but in this long distance relationship. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't I want to Just be with other people and just date other people because it was such a serious relationship. I never dated anyone I went to school with. Ah, Hey, guys, guys, I'm still, yeah, yeah. Close the door. Thanks. Okay. So then the next thing I know, as soon as they open up the door, then I hear voices in another room like, hey, mom, guess what? You know, but, um, Oh my gosh. You see, do you, do you see? I don't know how I get anything done. Like, I don't even know what I was talking about. Like, babe, you were talking about getting
0: back together with Omar after oh, yes. trying to date other people. Yes. So
1: I'm finishing up my thesis film, and then he calls me. He's like, I'm in town. And it's exactly seven years had passed. And he's like, um, I'm, I'm in town. Um, I'm going to go dancing. We met at a club, actually, in Orlando. So we met at a club in Orlando. And so, we went dancing and I knew that night I saw him I was getting back with him. I knew it. I just didn't know when and I didn't know how and I didn't really care. But in my heart I was like, I'm getting I'm gonna be I'm like, really God? Me and Omar are gonna get back together. And and yeah. Well this year we'll be married 17 years.
0: Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Amazing! Well, well done. I've been Tell married in divorce. Yeah, you've been <laughs> married in divorce. Oh yeah, and I'm in a new. Re- I got yes. I mean, there's so much, but uh, I feel like through the fire, especially of divorce. I divorced like 2017, 18. It's been in, an interesting transition for me, where I feel like I'm a way better person and a way better partner than I was before. Like I matured as a person and definitely as a partner so much. I learned so much. And, you know, that could be for a lot of different reasons, but that's to say the relationship I'm in now, I feel a sense of like security and safety and commitment and connection and intimacy that I've never felt before. I've never felt before, but I think, you know, my heart was always longing for. And so it's really beautiful. It's really beautiful. That's great. Yeah. Your yeah. hair is gray, but your face is the same. <laughs> yeah, I've got all the silver. <laughs> Which was a... Did you have like premature? Like yeah, gray? my my first gray I remember getting at seventeen and looking at it in the mirror and pulling it out. And then I would do that for years and years and then it would just start to come in and I didn't really care and it was getting to be more and more but you you know, you look at yourself but you don't see yourself like other people see you because you are yourself and I people would tell me, strangers would say things to me about my gray hair. And I would kind of be like, oh, oh really? Huh. Okay. Oh yeah. I guess it is a thing. And then around like 30, I started to dye it. So then I went through a period of dyeing my hair. So I didn't look as gray. And then I got to a point, maybe like it was 2016 and two of my best friends and another person that I look up to a lot, like within a week, all of them were like, you know, you could maybe not dye your hair anymore, and I'm like, you're right. Let's see what this let's see what this is like. So I've been growing it out since 2016.
1: It's beautiful. There's a woman in my co-op that has silver hair, and she's had it since she was in her like same thing. She tried to dye it for a little bit, and then she was just like, whatever. I think she has four or five four I think four daughters, but yeah, it's beautiful. She braids it. It's long. It's 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 so full and thick and silver.
0: <laughs> sometimes people- I love it, and sometimes I'm very self conscious. It goes back and forth. Sometimes I think it's an asset. Sometimes I think it makes me look really old. Sometimes, yeah, who knows? It's but just wisdom. It's me. You know, yeah. Does your mate? What's his name? He goes by Krishna. He that was a name that Ram Das gave him. So oh, is he a yogi too? He's I wouldn't say necessarily a yogi, but he's a musician who yogis love and they play his music in yoga classes. Wow. But he he's, has a deep spiritual depth to him. And we did, do you know the teacher Ram Das? No. Be Here Now is his book. If you're in the, in, the, in the, I'll send it to you. I'll send you some stuff, but he's kind of like the Ram Dass. He just passed away last year, but he was basically modern American spirituality's grandfather. Okay. So he's a teacher for many and a seminal leader for many that started their peer- spiritual path in the 70s. So we worked with him in 2018 in Maui, where he was living at the time and had been for many years. And Ramdas gave us both names when we were there together working with him. So he told us Radha. Radha and Krishna. And Radha and Krishna in Hindu mythology are partners or consorts. They're lovers. Oh, beloved partners. Really? Yeah, which was really sweet. And in some ways, that happened uh, right when I was divorcing. Or was in the like the later ends. I'd had divorced and was, you know, moving through it, but still like, you know, it's a long process internally, emotionally. And so when that happened, he and I were beginning to be in our relationship together. And when Ramdas said, You're Krishna and you're Radha, it actually gave me this sense of permission to have a deeper relationship than I ever had before because Radha is so devoted to Krishna. And so I took it almost as like a call to arms. Like I can be that. I can be that kind of partner. We can have that kind of relationship. And we actually have. We have in the whole way. That's
1: so
0: nice. Yeah. Yeah. So. We renewed our vows two years ago. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it was very last minute. And I was like, I was like, I want to have this, you know, we never had a big wedding. We got married in a courthouse and um, I, and we never been on a honeymoon either. We started having these babies and raising these babies and working in the farmer's market and all these things. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, we live in a culture where people don't stay married long and they really you know, they don't value long-term relationships right now. And I'm like, we have to celebrate this. So it's like Wednesday. And on, I was like, I'm, I'm not going to wait. I'm going to do something. So I ended up like putting together this thing. And I was like, I baked a cake. I cooked for it. My mom was out of town but because my, my niece was graduating. And everybody was in town. And I wanted my sister to be there. And uh, so we kind of had this little nice celebration at the house. And my dad kind of um, like led the ceremony and we got these little uh, African outfits. I'll show you the picture. And we, we did this little vow renewal. Do Do you see that picture? Oh
0: yes. How beautiful. And we
1: painted with some arts and crafts paint on my face, like some, some, what I think is some nice, like African, um rites of passage blinds. Well actually had, you know, one of my friends do it on my face. Blinds mm-hmm. and dots. Mm. And someone's like, oh, do those dots mean something? I'm like, they mean something to me. You know? <laughs> and um it was just really beautiful. I think there's something in me that feels like, okay, I don't have to be like everybody else. And I feel like I um I the only person I have to answer to is God. I I kind of always have felt that way. Like, you know, it's okay if you don't agree with me, that's fine, you know, that's Mm -hmm. fine, you know. um, I'm gonna do what I feel is best, you know. um, Well, you've
0: always had that. You've always had that guiding principle. That's what's made you always such a big bright light for all of us as children and through school and through your whole life now and for your community that you somehow knew from such an early age it's, it's just between me and God. Or it's just between me and my own heart. Yeah. And you've rested so fully in that.
1: So, um, I'm going to be 42 in like next week. Eight, yeah, 42. Are you Have, 42
0: yet? I'm going to be 42 the end of the month. <laughs> the 27th. So what day is your birthday? The 17th. Okay, we're 10 days apart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Two of my kids have
1: the same exact birthday, the same day. What's March twenty fourth? March twenty fourth. Oh my 24th. gosh! It's how so funny. crazy! One's one's gonna be twelve, and the other one's gonna be fifteen.
0: Wow, wow. Well, you're gonna be forty two next week. What were you gonna say?
1: Oh yeah, um, I'm like wow. I'm getting older, and I I like it. I like the the wisdom that comes with it, and the peace. And you know, the great the gratitude and um you know I think for years I just you know sometimes I think with partners you want them to do things the way you want to do them or you wanna do them at the same time or like for example, I like I grew up going to church and my husband, oh my god, he was like an altar boy in his little Catholic church that he grew up in. But I mean as a Rasta man, he doesn't go to church now. And um, I've tried to ask him to go to church with me and with the kids and stuff. And So we've gone to church, me and the children on and off, but Sunday used to be our only day off. So rather than go to church, it would be our family time. So I said, okay, you know what, I'll just, um, I'll just have family time. We go canoeing or whatever, whatever we wanna to do together as a family. And then recently, I found a church that meets on Saturday night. So Saturday I work at the store and at five o'clock I jet out of the store with the kids in tow and go to church Saturday night. So Sunday, I mean, we're open on Sundays now for brunch. We're closed on Monday. So Monday's like our family time now. And then uh, Sunday evening we go to my, my mom's house so the kids can hang out with their grandparents and stuff. But I really enjoy you know, that, having that time to, to go to church and just, it's, it's, I feel like I like when churches, um, it doesn't, I don't know, it's just like a safe space for me to get filled up and like to get some positive, positivity back into me because um, I give so much and I like do so much for everybody else that I get really depleted and drained and, I have found that just me going, and I actually started going on Wednesdays. They have childcare. So I'll go on Wednesdays for Bible study and then I'll go again on Saturday night. And it's like an hour long and it does so much for me, you know, it does so much for me and just recentering me that I'm so grateful for it. And it doesn't bother me that my husband doesn't want to go and I don't ask him to go. I just want to go, and then my little three-year-old says, "Mom, are we going to church? Are we going to church?" <laughs> and they like look forward to it because there's snacks that I don't buy—snacks <laughs> like little packs of Oreo cookies and Chips Ahoy's and things that have high-fructose corn syrup. That I don't necessarily approve of, but again, it's free, and at church, they go and get them, and they get to nibble on them, and they're so happy. And I know that just they're gonna pick up stuff just like I picked it up. Yeah. Just. Through osmosis they're gonna pick up some some something that's going to be in the back of their brain that when they need God that they know how to find God like they know how to talk to God and they just they know how to connect and, and they pick up some lessons and just something is there.
0: Yeah it's beautiful that you found a place for you to receive where you can go and it fills you up and you're not having to give out it just solely for Camille and filling your own cup. And that in, in itself in itself, for your children, when they see that you you know, down-regulate or relax or feel good or are more connected after going to church, that'll be significant for them too. Yeah.
1: My daughter was watching me, my 11-year-old daughter. She was like, I was sitting on the floor in the back because I didn't want to find a seat because I, I got there late one night. And there was like 15 or 20 minutes left of church, and I was sitting on the floor, and I was like this, and I'm listening because I still got to hear the lesson. And she looked at me, she's like, "Mom, you look so happy to be here." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "I am, Tandy Way, I am." And then I just kept listening, you know. <laughs> so, um, again, yes. Um, Is it, can you ask your dad? He's out there. Why do you ask me this?
0: Tammy keeps saying we
1: have to clean the Okay. Your dad's out there. You have two parents.
0: How often do you say that? But not often
1: enough. <laughs> not often enough. I need to say it more. My my go-to with them, and they call it my trump card. Like, they'll be complaining, like, who did the most. And, like, I'll say, hey, I need you to do X, Y, Z and put away these clothes or whatever. And they're like, but I already did X, Y, Z. And they'll just go on and on and on and on. And then, boom but I pushed you out of my vagina. <laughs> and they're like, oh, mom. I'm like, but I did So I need you to go do this for me. Like, you know, I was like, right here. You came right out of here and I need your help.
0: I'm taking like, that one. Yes. I'm gonna they, use
1: they, that. They, it's the funniest thing. And um, <laughs> like, oh, here she goes. And, and I'll say, hey, but she they know I'm about to say it. Like, hey, but hey, guys. And I feel like I haven't changed in that where like I'm a really straight shooter with them and they're very like wholesome I feel and kind to other people not to each other but for the most part they're kind to other people but um they fight each other but the minute they're away from each other they think about each other and they miss each other and they look out for each other and they're, they're, they're just these siblings that like they, I only grew up with one other person in the house that was my sibling. I have other brothers, but they didn't grow up in the house with me. But my kids, they go at it, like physically fight sometimes and it breaks my heart. And then of course they want you to side with one of them. And I'm just like, guys, I'm not siding with you guys. like. I don't know who started it, but you guys are wrong. You got to stop fighting. And it just drives me nuts. So I don't know where I was going with that. But
0: yeah. In the, chat, in the family that I grew up in, there was seven of us and they were what? always fighting too. Yeah. Wait a minute. I thought it was just you and Bill. No. In my, in, with me and my brothers and sisters, there was seven. What? And I was the middle of seven children. What? Marissa, <laughs> I had no idea.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I only thought you had the brother.
0: Mm-mm. No. And you're probably thinking of my brother, Chuck, because he was at Campbell Middle School with us. Yes, He was, he was younger. One. Mm-hmm. That's Chuck. No, I had John and Joe and Jimmy and Matt and Jenny and then my newer brothers, Morgan and Mick. Yeah. What? Was raised in the middle of seven. So I know all about sibling fighting all of the time. And it actually turned me off from having my own children for the longest time. I thought, I'm never going to have kids because I can't handle the constant screaming. And then I got the urge to have my daughter and I did, but I was dead set against it for a while because my own nervous system was fried from being in the middle of it all the time.
1: You, I would never know. You are so calm. Like, You, I feel like the older people get, the more they act like a grandma and they, and I like, I say the temperament of a grandmother because my grandmother was very calm. I never like saw her cursing and yelling. Like she was just so even keel all the time. I feel like that's what comes with age. It's like, you know, they're like, oh, you know, (laughs) they cut off our lights and our water. We're not going to have any electricity or water. Like, okay yeah
0: that's always been me
1: you know it's just like even across the board like oh i gotta you know whereas someone else would be like ah what did i do ah, you know hysterical and i'm just like you know being hysterical doesn't work it doesn't no. you can't you know so it's great look babe look at me babe look at me i'm famous for the podcast
0: Hi Omar. Hi. (laughs) Nice to see you. (laughs) You're so pretty. Um, Do you know where uh, the salsa is?
1: It's still in the garage, unless the kids brought it in the car. It may still be in the garage, in that not the garage, the car in that little part, pocket on the side, the back. The back. Yeah. Where's the salsa? (laughs)
0: It's an important question. We need to know right now. Right now. Where is the salsa? So, um, hey, like- I'm curious. I've got a question for you. In high school, you know, our senior year, it was a lot of time spent with me and you and Biff and Wes, right? Yes. The four of <laughs> us spent so much time together. We were a little pod. And you, you've become an entrepreneur and run the Kale Cafe and have a million children. And Wes has become Diplo the DJ, which is crazy, right? And then I'm doing my my own thing out here as an entrepreneur in now Boise, Idaho. But where's Biff? I can't figure it out.
1: Where's Waldo? Biff is in Atlanta
0: and he just had his
1: third baby. Okay. And his wife is beautiful. Her name's Monica and they are in Atlanta raising a family. I'm not sure what he's doing. Um, I wish I heard more of his music. Um, Yeah, so Biff, I know he was doing barbecue sauce and him and his girlfriend were at the farmer's market making barbecue sauce and he's come to my store and I went to his mom's funeral. And, you know, like every now and then we kind of like
0: talk briefly. Mm -hmm. I more so would message his wife. Um, But when we were kids, I remember his mom being such an influential force in his life. I remember meeting his mom many times when we would go over to his house. Yeah.
1: She's an amazing baker and just so sweet. And yeah, so that was definitely hard for their family. But I'm happy that, you know, he's centered. And I just, you know, pray he does something with his music because he's really talented. as a. What
0: is he doing with music?
1: I, I don't know if he's doing anything with it. He may be kind of caught up in paying bills and being a father and, Real mm-hmm. life. And I'm just hoping that he does more to pursue his gifts like that.
0: Was his music though perf- playing instruments? Because I don't remember that. Or... He plays the guitar. He plays the guitar. Yeah, okay. he plays acoustic guitar and he writes music. Okay, beautiful. What you may not know is that we dated for a little bit in college. I didn't know that, but I could we, see that. We did see for that for about
1: two years. He was at Morehouse. Oh my gosh, two years. Yes. Wow. I was in at UM and he was in, and I went back and forth to Atlanta all the time.
0: And like, yeah. Wow. Well, good for you too. I love that. Yeah. I love that.
1: But yeah, me and Wes still talk. I, I wouldn't say daily. Um, I wouldn't even say weekly. We'll go through sports of where we talk and don't talk. And, you know, I went through a little um, rough patch with my business and I was like, Wes, I need help. I need just to help pay my rent. And, you know, can you just like help me? And I had never asked him for anything. Matter of fact, it was so random that I asked him because I hadn't even, at that point when we reconnected and talking, I probably hadn't spoken to him in like 10 years. And I'm like, you know, can you loan me? I think I probably asked him to loan me, not give me. Loan me like, you know, $3,000 to pay my rent at the time. Because, you know, with all the shuffling we had going on, we were definitely in danger of losing the stores at one point. And he he had his secretary wire me like 10 grand
0: that's really kind
1: it was super kind of him and um i just like recently sent him some salad dressing and cinnamon rolls and (laughs) and i when he comes to town like we went jumping with our kids together
0: oh that's so cute (laughs) it
1: was cute it was fun i love
0: that he told me i saw him in las vegas with my friend julie that i mentioned before we went to his concert there and hung out with him a little bit afterwards. And he mentioned you. He said, Camille, I've, I'm in touch with Camille. It's almost like he's like bragging about how he still talks to you, which was really cute. And he's oh. like, and I helped her out. I helped her out with our restaurant. And I'm like, well, of course you did. You guys are friends. That's so great. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's um, he has the same sense of humor, but it's so funny, like
1: talking to him versus what I, how I see him. Like he, sometimes I see him in like, I don't know if it's Versace or whatever. Like he'll be in these ads and I'm like, who is this guy? Wes doesn't care about fancy clothes and looking cool. Wes is like a dork. But no, (laughs) here I see him in these fancy clothes and being fancy, but also having fun. And he really loves being a dad. He had this, um, he had this, he has this new baby with Miss Trinidad And he did, he had this post with the baby on his chest. And I think he was like um, saying, pre COVID, we're like listening to rave music and kissing, you know, in the mouth or something. But it was because the baby was drooling on him and like slobbering him and stuff. He has the same sense of humor. You can tell (laughs) he's he's still exactly the same. Same exact West with like, a millionaire. So it's pretty funny. So he sent me the copy of the article the other day. He's like, my mom always sends me when you're in the newspaper. So he sends me the picture of myself in the newspaper. And he's like, I saw this. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> it's pretty funny.
0: But, that yeah. you're famous to his mom that he she shares with him. That's yeah. so cute. That's funny.
1: <laughs> but I was I was so happy that I got to see him and he got to see Omar and my, meet my kids. And you know, we had, we had a fun time jumping at the jump place
0: oh that's so great and he came and ate at the restaurant too yeah wild right wild wild I love
1: it I can't believe we're grown up though like sometimes it's surreal I'm like I can't believe that I am responsible for these young people and that I'm a grown up and that I have sex and make babies and this is bizarre I'm in the twilight zone
0: how old do you feel inside
1: I'm still a teenager
0: yeah yeah, yeah, totally still a teenager. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, that's the same for me. It's the same for me. And I feel like it's always going to be that way. I'm going to be as old as I feel inside. So right. Still quite young. And it gives me a good reflection point of, you know what? Everybody else still feels like babies, too.
1: So, yeah. And like other people's kids and just other people, like I always remember the, the last age I saw them, like time froze. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: I had a freaky internal moment a couple years ago when I recognized I was the exact age that my mom was when I was graduating high school. And I thought she was so old. And I was now that age. And I didn't, I still felt like I was the 18 year old looking at her. And that kind of freaked me out. Like, no, wait. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And it gave me the sense of feeling like I had devalued her and her experience. Like, wow, she didn't feel at all like I thought she felt. She still felt like a baby, too. Are your parents still together? No, no. They've actually recently divorced, which is really hard. Divorcing in your 60s. Oh, my gosh. That's so been they raised
1: seven kids. Versus, I I don't know why I didn't know that you had all those siblings. Because <laughs> you were always so calm. You never looked frazzled.
0: that one Well, I, th- I think that was my own like response. When when you're traumatized, you either go hyper vigilant <laughs> or you numb out and you like dissociate. I was more like numb and dissociated. <laughs> but the calmness, I don't know. I think it's just always somehow been an inherent part of me while like the great spark of creativity and courage has always been an inherent part of you well real quick because now i need you to shed some
1: wisdom for me because um, i have to go bake a cake and a lady's training me treat training me on a new pos system at two o'clock so i have to like scurry out of here soon but like i What's the dynamic with you and your
0: siblings as adults? Like, Are you guys all close? Are you close to some but not others? How does that work? Yeah, that's a great question. There's a deep love. We have an interesting family where, uh, and I think in some family dynamics, there can be cutoffs. And it's like, well, this sibling's bad and we don't like them and they're like out of the tribe kind of thing. Right, right. And all of us are all like black sheeps in our own way. And we're definitely not close on a daily basis, but we love each other immensely. And I'm probably closer to my younger brothers, Chuck and Joe, I talk to quite a bit. My sister and I have always had a, like a tense and difficult relationship. So that's probably one of the more strained ones. And yet there's still like an undercurrent of love and connection and closeness, even though... I mean, it's sort of like survivors of the same war. Like you're always going to be bonded.
1: (laughs) Survivors of the same war. Oh my God.
0: That's how it feels. So we offer each other a lot of compassion and love.
1: (laughs) That is probably what my kids are going to be telling a psychologist one day. We are survivors of the same war. (laughs) On that note, Marissa, though I mean, um, I would love to. I I would love to um, come to some of your yoga classes. I saw your where you are on that page with the network of yogi instructors, and um, I just I love yoga and um, appreciate it. It seems like it's too slow for me, but I love slowing down and just taking that time to slow down it's so healthy for me. Um, so, um, I'm happy that you're doing that and I'm happy that you've been able to pivot just like I'm pivoting with my, with my business to, to grow with the changing world. You know, did you get the salad dressing?
0: I did. Thank you. I love it. I've been using it. I've been using it on my kale salads. Thank you for sending it. It's delicious. Yeah, and that's then so good. The waist
1: beads I sent you, the reason I sent you waist beads is because I wear waist beads and like women in your tribe give you waist beads for different oh. like for different like times in your life and they're they're just very like sentimental and you know I don't talk to you all the time but I mean that was so kind of you to send me the book and and just us to reconnect and I was like, "Oh, I got to send Marissa. Some waist beads so putting those on you have to measure it around your waist and then the excess beads you can take them off you're going to tie the string in a knot and someone said you could burn it at the end but
0: um i haven't tried that yet to see what will happen with the string and do you wear them all the time you tie are the on time. And they're, on. Oh they're my just gosh, on i can't wait to put them on they're just on
1: all the time and i love them you, there's a last ones that people use too that's my mm-hmm. first cotton one the
0: string one and um the did you most, make it? I did not make it. I, I bought it. I what have, tradition is it from? Many
1: African cultures wear them, uh, not just one. They feel like, so people wear them actually up on top of their waist, above your belly button. So okay. they use it to monitor their weight. But I like wearing mine below my tummy and... I just stick them into my underwear during the day so you can't see them but my husband loves them they're really beautiful they look really miss. nice Yeah,
0: I haven't put it on yet but now this is what I'll be doing it's so perfect you Thank will you. love it because you have a love Thank low, you. Nice well that means tummy. so much to me too that's very thoughtful the sisterhood and the connection and the support of one another yes
1: yes yes so keep shining your light and doing what you love and I know that um we will stay in touch, and I I do want to come to Colorado. It's like no Idaho. Oh my gosh! I don't I'm suck at geography, Marissa. So <laughs> I don't even know where Idaho is.
0: <laughs> it's next to Oregon and Montana. It's above oh. Nevada, Utah. So more north. But I spend a lot of time in Boulder, Utah, and because I say Boulder, many people think I think I'm saying Colorado. So that's a common mistake. I wouldn't know the difference. I suck geography. <laughs> yeah, I thought Boulder, Colorado, Is that a place? Yes, that's oh, a place. Okay, I'm not but
1: totally I'm, off.
0: Not totally off, but I'm I'm in Boise, Idaho, and Boulder, Utah. So is that near Seattle? No.
1: Okay. No. I get an F for geography. <laughs> F for me. But yeah, my home, my kids are really smart, smarter than me, just on geography probably. <laughs>
0: Oh, it's so funny. I love it. Well, when I come down to Florida, which I hope it will be in 2021, I had plans to come in 2020 and they got dashed. I'll come and see you.
1: Oh, I would love it. Love it. Love it. And we will go to a yoga class together and we'll eat some food. And just lay on the beach. Lay on the beach. The beach is amazing and I appreciate it so much more. So. It's it's I love lovely you. being here. I
0: love you too, Marissa. Bye. Bye more soon. See you Thanks, soon. Keep okay, bye.